0: This episode was originally recorded in March 2023. You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. My name is Tony Dow and On this episode, I'm very excited to speak with our special guest, Dr. Charmaine Roy from Me Solutions, and she's the senior director of pharmacy solutions. So, Charmaine, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Tony. Thank you for having me. You know, I've listened to your podcast, and some of my friends have been on it, so I'm excited to have this opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah, and actually, I was connected to you through Beju, Beju Shah. So it's it's really cool. Like I've seen your history of working at multiple companies, and you know where you are today at Dosmi RX, and I'm really excited to be speaking with you today to kind of like learn more about, you know, your career journey and what you guys are doing over at Bills Me Rx today. So, you know, just before we get started to talking about that, can you share with the listeners a little bit more about yourself, like, you know, just your early career path?
1: Sure. You're going to make me go really far back. So <laughs> I'm dating myself, but I, so I went to school at University of Illinois in Chicago. That's where I graduated. After graduating, I, you know, Funny enough, I I thought about which path to take as far as residency goes, and I had a great experience in pediatrics, and that drove me to sort of, you know, apply for some residency in pediatrics. I went on to do a pediatric residency at Texas Children's Hospital down in Houston, Texas. And after the residency, I still wasn't sure, you know, which direction I was going to go. I think people think that after your residency, you kind of have a set path. I like to kind of take non-traditional paths. So I actually stayed on longer at Texas Children's Hospital and worked on some clinical program development, was involved with, I would say, some projects that involved technology. It was at the time not called informatics, but it, it would be now referred to as an informatics project. That was kind of my first exposure during residency and right after to informatics, working on a pilot for Barcode Medication Administration, which we were sort of a partner for the company that we had our pharmacy system from. So that was kind of a fun project to work on. I learned quite a bit and I can say that that experience has stayed through my career because, you know, Pharmacists now need to be really savvy with IT and really need to be able to have that always in the background, given different EHRs that, you know, we interact with. I stayed there for some time and then I'm originally from Chicago. So I relocated back to Chicago and joined University of Chicago Medical Center, went back to more direct patient care in as a clinical pharmacy specialist in pediatric critical care. That was my sort of area of expertise. However, at the time, we didn't have, you know, a big team of clinical pharmacists and peds, so built that program out, including a residency. And, you know, we went through several EHR conversions there as well. So the experience during residency really did help me out. After University of Chicago, we, both my husband and I, we were ready for a change to move to somewhere warmer. So we relocated down to South Florida. So in the sunshine state here. And I was during that time, I joined a company called Pipeline RX, and they are a telepharmacy company. So, you know, at the time, I wasn't really sure what telepharmacy was and learned quickly what it was. And it was really interesting to use technology to kind of increase the reach, you know, pharmacists to areas, rural areas or critical access hospitals that may not normally have access to a pharmacist twenty four seven. So that was a very interesting experience. And I continued and stayed with them for quite some time in various different roles. Um, And then from from there, I kind of transitioned. I would say I always wanted to stay in touch with my clinical side. So I continued to kind of, you know, work PRN, I would say, at, at the Children's Hospital, then joined them to help support their clinical research program. And from there, I actually transitioned to, took a made a bri- brave move to oncology and oncology clinical research unit at Miami Cancer Institute and worked in the clinical trials unit there prior to joining me. so kind of a long-winded non-traditional path but you know I like as we're talking about in you know IT and pharmacy it's always been sort of a running theme behind every position I've held
0: Yeah you did mention a lot of different like roles and positions you went through and it's, it's interesting to kind of see like how different they are. Like you, you did residency, right? And then right after residency, you had that project for BCMA. And then like, I guess like when you were doing your residency, did you, did you kind of already see like how technology was going to be something to be taken advantage of, you know, before you did your BCMA thing? Was that something that was already on your mind? Like, I guess like, was that a project that someone asked you to do or something that you kind of saw and wanted to do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, you know, as you know, if for residents, you always have to have a longitudinal project um, for the year to complete and you have the whole year to complete it. So I was involved with increasing clinical intervention documentation in our pharmacy system. So during, the, and I didn't share this earlier, but during my, during our residency, we were going through, and now I'm really going to date me because we were going through yeah. a change of from paper to electronics. <laughs> So with that, we needed to have a, a good way of documenting, you know, clinical interventions that pharmacists are making. It's funny, all this time has passed by, but that's still kind of an area that we're constantly working on and evolving. So I, that was my residency project and working on different, you know, coming up with the different categories of classifications, if you want to call it that, of intervention documentation, setting it up in the, our new pharmacy system. And also kind of monitoring the use and hoping to make it easy so that the documentation, you know, numbers would increase. Because if you make it too difficult, then the pharmacists, you know, tend to not document as much as they should. So that was actually my project during the residency, which is how I sort of got involved with our pharmacy information system. And so when I stayed on, my our director of pharmacy, you know, asked if if that's, the the pilot project would be something that, you know, I can take on. And so that's how I got involved.
0: I see. I see. Yeah. It's funny you say that, you know, it's, you're talking about how long ago it was that you're converting that intervention system to from, you know, paper to electronic. I can tell you that in my experience, even the last few years here, I recently came upon an organization that just only recently switched over to electronic interventions. So it's even interesting now to hear it's not fully switched over everywhere. Because everyone's at like, you know, a different stage in their implementation, you know, just depending on what they're prioritizing, you know?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, I think my time at Pipeline or, or, you know, as telepharmacy, you're covering so many different institutions. I think that's when you really realize how you get out of your bubble, right? So I was in a large academic center. Many people tend to lose sight of that, how hospitals of various sizes function and what their priority what the priorities are so it's interesting you say that because even now in my current role you know i see a lot of i guess processes or protocols that you would expect everybody to have adopted but they they're still in that transition process so yeah
0: yeah yeah and i used to work for a government hospital and now i'm at a nonprofit, and and the the operations are so different and priorities are so different it's it's just so weird to see kind of like you know, me with my limited experience of just maybe three major hospitals I've been at and just seeing like how one hospital is so, so advanced compared to the last hospital and yet on other aspects of that same hospital, it's so behind. And yeah. it blows my mind kind of like seeing that because I'm like, how, how can you be so advanced in this section? But then you're still on paper for this whole other section, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, college is a great example of that, right? Because it's so difficult to implement. That oftentimes it's easier to keep on paper. You know, that's I, I've heard that quite often. <laughs> even in our even in our clinical trials, you know, area it was always a debate. You know, should we just kind of keep it paper for the research patients? And so yeah, it's always interesting how how you select. You know, what project is going to move forward, and how you identify those priorities.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I work with oncology EHR, so I understand what you mean by that we still have like a mix of paper and electronics. So, and then, you know, the other thing I did notice too, when you're talking about your experience is, you know, even though you've worked for, you know, Pipeline, you worked for DoseMurex, but you still had a lot of the um, the clinical pharmacist specialist side working with the the staff, working on the clinical side. Like w- what is your thoughts on like how important that is in terms of like that contributing to how you can do your your, your technology job, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's, It's extremely important. I mean, it's a foundation. So it's similar to, you know, I'll use the analogy. My mentor used to tell me when I was training at the residency where, you know, everybody always wants to, you know, kind of move to the clinical pharmacist, clinical pharmacy specialist role. And she would always tell me that, you know, if you you can't do your clinical pharmacy tasks or fulfill that role if the patient doesn't get the medication. So you always have to understand and be able to run a pharmacy, work in a pharmacy and dispense those doses. Because if that doesn't happen, then you can't do your job as a clinician. So, you know, if you take that back to any other position I've held, or, you know, even for working in sort of healthcare to technology, if you don't understand the needs of the clinician, you'll never be able to really solve the problem, right? So I think, and that's the challenge many you know digital health healthcare tech companies kind of face and, and I think they're realizing now and including more and more pharmacists or clinicians sort of from the beginning rather than an afterthought that you you know you need to have that foundational knowledge and understanding in a, in order to speak to the clinician and show them really how your technology will solve that problem
0: awesome awesome so that kind of goes into your your role today at DosmiRx as a senior director of pharmacy solutions Can you kind of just describe a little bit about what DoseMeRx is?
1: Sure. So DoseMeRx, it's the best way to describe it. It's a precision dosing platform that's enabled by Bayesian dosing methods. So, you know, we utilize population pharmacokinetic pharmacodynamic models and our, our platform is clinician facing. So the clinicians can at the bedside use it, whether it's in their EHR or, you know, through the web and precisely dose patients using the Bayesian population models. And what it does is over time as you input more more data for uh, you know from the patients or laboratory data, administration data, it individualizes the dose and makes those predictions more precise.
0: So in your role as a senior director, like what what's your day-to-day like working at DoseMeRx? Like what, what are your responsibilities?
1: So I have, I, I kind of wear a lot of hats, I would say, in dose me. I oversee sort of our support of our clinicians or customers. You know, most, I would say are, most of them are pharmacists and provide that ongoing support. So I oversee, you know, onboarding and, and implementation as well as, you know, post implementation support. We have a lot of clinicians that are online at any given day, any given hour. So. You know, if they are facing any challenges, not just from a technical perspective, but, you know, have questions regarding a clinical case, they can reach out to us 24 seven and they get, you know, somebody, a live human answering that question. So I oversee that and also work as a liaison between our technical team, our product team, our science team. And I'm sort of like the liaison between the clinicians and that team to develop our product. You know, when we have any. Either new models or new features that we're going to be releasing. You know, the, the, there's a lot of testing that's involved, and the testing, and I would say, is kind of two pronged. You have to do the technical testing to make sure you know that aspect is working as 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 expected, and then there's the clinical aspect. So making sure it's going to be to work. You know, from a clinician's perspective, how it's expected to work. If it, you know, so that requires me putting in patient cases and testing out our features against that patient data. Obviously, these are, you know, made up cases, but then I also work with our customers to sometimes, depending on the feature and and how complex it is, usually work with some of our site champions, which are at the, at the, on the hospital side to do some testing with me on real case scenarios to ensure that there's, you know, no bugs. There's no, nothing funny is happening with the model or the dosing recommendation before we can, you know, release it, because this is obviously going to help those clinicians make, make those clinician clinical decisions. So we want to make sure that there is no, you know, it's, it's been tested in all scenarios.
0: I see. I see. So, you know, like you did mention like how there's some like integration with EHR systems. And I did, you know, listen to one of the webinars that you hosted. And it sounds like, it's pretty nice in that there's some pre-population of the, the information from the patient going into the DoseMeRx platform. So, I mean, this might be a technical question, but like what kind of like interface is there that that can um, get that kind of thing to happen successfully?
1: Interface with uh, EHRs?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, this is pretty much a technical question. Like, yeah. um, do you know like what, what the interface is?
1: Yeah, so they, they're, I don't know if I'm answering your question correctly, but um, they fire APIs. And so we're integrated with Epic starter and we are also integrated with some of the surveillance systems. So I don't know if that's answering your question.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was my question. I was just curious about how it's integrated. So
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, we're work closely with those EHRs to make sure that, you know, everything gets you know this is part of the testing and onboarding process where we make sure everything's set up correctly with the integration. And there's a lot of testing that happens sort of in all three parties. So our team the team from the EHR as well as the customer, so the hospital site before going live. And yeah, so they're all fire APIs that are set up.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I think one of the challenges I've seen with like when you know implementing vendor solutions over to an organization is that, you know, sometimes it does require the interface with the EHR, but then the EHR vendor is not really working alongside with it. It's kind of like, you know, like for me, I work at a hospital, right? So it would be the responsibility of the third-party solution and only the hospital side. And then, you know, our EHR vendor is kind of like out of the loop. So that's why I was curious about like how close the EHR vendor works with you guys in terms of making this happen. And it sounds like, it, you know, they're they're pretty involved then, right?
1: Yeah, we, we have a really great working relationship with them. And, you know, our platform can really interface with, you know, any EHR that has those APIs set up, the interface set up. So we, you know, although most of our customers, I would say, are be- just because of the sites that we have are using, you know, Cerner, Epic or one of the surveillance systems, we can, I know from our tech team, I've been told that we ha- we do have the ability to, you know, integrate with any EHR that's willing to kind of work with us. And I think the, the Sire interface makes it easier than what it was, I think in the past with the HL seven interfaces.
0: Awesome, awesome. That that's that sounds really cool. Yeah, I think like with Fire a lot of interoperability has been improved. You know, it's it's still a work in progress, but it's it's a step forward. So, it's good to hear that you know you guys are already part of that, you know, taking advantage of Fire and integrating it that way. Um, and and you know like your experience in both pharmacy and technology before going to Dosmirex, how has that kind of been contributing to, you know, What you're able to do today wearing these many hats and kind of being liaisons between the different clinician and technical teams?
1: So, I think, you know, I really kind of think back to my experience, like actually being in, in, you know, what would I need or what would I want if I'm taking care of a patient? You know, just kind of going back to being in the clinician's chair, so to speak, and make sure that what we're doing, the ideas and features or any, you know, planning we're doing is going to solve a problem for the clinician. So, you know, that's kind of the sort of view I take as far as any new, you know, whenever we're kind of planning for new features, as far as, you know, other teams, I'm the only pharmacist in the, in the company. So I, I think I always am the person who's bringing in that clinician perspectives to make sure that, you know, we're we're not losing sight of that as we're moving forward, adding to our model and adding to the features in our platform.
0: Um, Out of curiosity, how large is the DOSME-RX team?
1: So we are a team of 17. We're a small team and half of our team is based in Brisbane, Australia, and the other half is in the U.S. So yeah, we're a small but mighty team.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, you know, like you being the only pharmacist, I, I think like sometimes like <laughs> I know for me when I worked at another hospital where I was the only informatics pharmacist for the entire system. I always felt a little bit kind of like, well, I don't want to be the final decision maker. Like I need to hear some input, you know, like, so from your end, I know that, you know, you work with many clients and, you know, there are maybe feature requests here and there. So how do you kind of triage and I guess like prioritize which kind of feature requests will be the next one that the organization will move forward with, you know?
1: Yeah. So we, that's the fun part of my job, I would say, you know, I, I'm always talking to our our pharmacists, our end users, and in those conversations, they're, you know, they'll bring up requests or, oh, it'd be really cool if, you know, you could have this added. Can we get this? So they'll request features and, you know, I call it their wish list and I get to take that back to our, t- you know, our developers and our si- science and technology team. And, and kind of say, you know, this would be really, this would set us apart, this, you know, this feature could really make the workflow more seamless for the clinician, take that back. And then, you know, we sort of, as a team, work on a kind of a roadmap and and identify those and, and work it into the release. You know, some asks that we get are on the simpler side versus others that are more complex, but we really do, you know, try to stay on top of it as much as possible. And if we get a big majority of our customers or pharmacists asking for something or if we hear the same thing over and over, then we really kind of move it up on the priority to say, you know, this is something that we keep getting asked about. So we really need to figure out a way to, you know, work it in the roadmap and prioritize it. And I would say our, our team works, you know, fairly quickly, quicker than I've seen some other teams as, as I've been part of, you know, other companies. But I, 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 think in, in our pharmacists that are using it can attest to it because they love getting those emails about, you know, you've been asking for it and here it is, so to speak, you know, the new, whether it's a new feature or functionality. So that's kind of the process we have. You know, we obviously have an internal process of kind of having, you know, a roadmap for, for our growth of the platform, but we always take in our feedback we hear from our, our pharmacist because that's really who's using it from day to day and they they help us kind of see what's important to them.
0: Yeah, speaking of like, you know, feedback from the pharmacist and what's important to them. I, I know in your recent webinar I was listening to, there was like a mention of like how like an example of like how Dosme RX is very beneficial. I think they were talking about AKI studies. Do you you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Can can you kind of describe about like a little bit more about how Dosme RX can kind of make that whole process more efficient?
1: Sure. So I think you're referring to the webinar we did on our data and our analytics platform. So we in the summer, did a soft launch of our analy- embedded analytics platform. So it's utilizing the data in, in our platform to give you sort of a dashboard. This is information that traditionally, you know, pharmacists would spend time kind of manually collating. So I think it's nice because it's real time and it's updated and ready to go when they need it. So if they're presenting to, you know, P&T committees or antimicrobial stewardship committees, it's it's, it's kind of really, a, they can get it at a click of a button. So I think that's what you're referring to. Within that dashboard, you know, we have different aspects of it. We have a clinical dashboard as well as a usage dashboard. Within the clinical dashboard, we have some risk thresholds that are being monitored, one of which is AKI. A large percentage of our hospitals use our platform for vancomycin, AUC-guided dosing. One of the risks of, you know, vancomycin is acute kidney injury, and AUC-guided dosing helps you know, reduce those rates. And so that's, that's a way for the, for the hospitals to quickly keep an eye on the, the trending rate. Although it's a surrogate marker, it just gives them an idea of what their AKI rates are. And speaking to a lot of our customers as we were launching that, I would say that, you know, there's not a good way to monitor that. So our dashboard allows them to give some information so they can at least keep an eye on the, on the AKI rate and make sure that it's, you know, heading in the right direction.
0: Yeah, awesome. It it was cool to kind of hear about the feedback from the different pharmacists on that webinar about like how how RX was able to to kind of like make their workflows more efficient and get that data like just right then and there and just saving all that time of manual collection. So, uh, it's it's cool to see that that's like one of the one of the advantages for DoseMeRx. RX. And then like, you know, the other thing I want to ask is, you know, people who are a little bit more interested in like getting into a role similar to you, you know, where you are today. Do you have any particular advice you want to give them?
1: So I think I would say is just, you know, keep an open mind as cliche as that sounds, but really in pharmacy, you know, and and I think this is a pharmacy podcast, so I'm sure we can all agree that pharmacists are very agile and can fill a lot of roles, especially as you know, we're seeing a lot more growth in digital health. So, you know, I think I personally have had a very non-traditional path to where I am today. And it's all because. You know, I've gotten projects that I have no business working on, <laughs> but I've taken it on and, and kind of figure it out. So don't be afraid to take on something just, just because you feel like you're not the right person because you just don't know what, you know, what opportunity may, may lie within that project. And also, you know, what you, you're always going to add to that foundational knowledge and learn. So, you know, I would say just, just keep learning and keep taking on any projects that come your way because you never know how, where it will kind take you.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, I think like it's the personality of a pharmacist where most of the time they're kind of like in the background. But, you know, we have all these skill sets. We have these skill sets and we have the, you know, that knowledge base and training as a pharmacist that we can apply to, you know, something like the technology space. And I think like, you know, like you said, like taking on those projects, you know, someone will see our our worth and you know, you never know what's going to happen. So so thanks for sharing that advice. The other thing, you know, if someone wanted to reach out to you or maybe learn more about DoseMeRx, what's the best way?
1: I'm on LinkedIn, so feel free to contact me there. You can also go to our website, DoseMeRx.com to learn more about our platform and company. And, you know, I I welcome any connections. You know, I think that mentoring other pharmacists who want either the same path or kind of need to figure out their path. You know, I I always like Enjoy speaking to pharmacists who are kind of in that stage of their career where they're trying to figure out where to go. I've been there, and I know it's always helpful to talk to as many people as you can to try to figure out what what your path is.
0: Awesome, thanks! Thanks for sharing that. I'll be putting that into the show notes. But you know, to be respectful of your time, thank you so much again for being on the podcast today. You know, sharing your journey, sharing what you do, and you're know, sharing more about you know how pharmacists can get into these this kind of field.
1: Thank you. It was my pleasure being here, and I. Enjoy talking to you.
0: Alright, if you like our show, please share with your friends or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple podcast or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or LinkedIn and you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com There's different topic channels including informatics and I've met some great colleagues on there and I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you on the next episode of CIT and me, and remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal.